Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly Weekly Dose Dose of Wicked. gentlemen, hobos and tramps, cross-eyed mosquitoes, and bull-legged ants, I come before you to stand behind you to tell you something I know nothing about. This Thursday, which is Good Friday, there will be a ladies' meeting for men only. Free admission, pay at the door, pull up a seat, and sit on the floor. In the middle of the morning, in the middle of the night, two dead boys rose up to fight. Back to back, they faced each other, drew their swords, and shot each other. Two deaf policemen heard this noise. They came and shot those two dead boys. If you don't believe me, ask the blind man. He saw it too. Now that we got that out of the way, hope you enjoyed that little nursery rhyme from our childhood. Is it a nursery rhyme? I don't know. It's kind of kind of creepy. <laughs> kind of nice morbid. Little, a nice little shout out to mom since she taught that to us at the young age of two. Maybe that's what started our love of true crime. It's the Maybe. fake story. <laughs> Maybe it was mom telling us about dead boys shooting each other in the middle of the night. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Anyway, let's kick off our potty. That was weird. Let's not call it a potty. Let's kick off our podcast. There you go. First order of business. It is now September 14th, 2022, which means that Ashley Nicole Butthole is going to be turning 26 years old in just two short days. I don't know why we have to call me that. Because it's your birthday, so we have to. So anyway, happy birthday to Ashley. Everyone hop on over to our Instagram at Weekly Dose of Wicked. I'm sorry, that's not our Instagram. Everyone hop on over to Instagram at Weekly underscore Dose underscore of underscore Wicked. Or jump on over on Facebook, and that's at Weekly Dose of Wicked. And wish Ashley a happy birthday. I would enjoy that so much. <laughs> All right, next order of business. Um, Ashley, I want to do my shout out now. Oh, yes. Your special shout-out. I forgot about it. Yes, my special shout-out. So last night, if you're in the area of Salisbury, North Carolina, I went out to dinner, which I loathe. I hate going out to eat more than most things in the world. Number one, I worked in restaurants for entirely too long. Ashley and I both used to wait tables, and I did it for way too long. I literally worked in either fast food or sit-down restaurant for the, the, I mean, how long? 12 years? I don't know, a long-ass time. From the time from the time I was 16 until, yeah, until I was about 28. So about 12 years, I worked in restaurants. So I hate going out to eat. First of all, my expectations are entirely too high. I get super annoyed with servers. It's nothing against them. I just expect the world, and it's not fair of me. Um, also, I just, hate, I, I just hate going out to eat. I don't know. I don't like being overcrowded. I know I might seem super extroverted, but I'm actually an introvert. Um, Your kids are bad. So anyway. Yeah, my kids are bad. So anyway, I hate going out to eat. I really hate it. Anyway, last night, Salisbury, North Carolina, we went out to Texas Roadhouse. It's off of, I don't know what exit. Just Google it. You'll find it. Anyway, we had a server. Her name was Serenity. Serenity was a fantastic server. Um, first of all, like I said, my children misbehave in public. So as I was trying to, you know, like control my children in this environment of people judging me everywhere around um serenity came over and serenity was like hey you know what i'm about to be weird which i'm all for because i'm all for people being weird and serenity was like you know sometimes we just need to be shouted out and she uno reversed me and she gave me five dollars 
because I was just kicking ass, taking care of my kids and like keeping them quiet and well behaved. And she was, she was like, you know, she was just fantastic. Um, she Uno reversed me. She tried to tip me $5. I obviously gave that back to her at the end of the night, plus my normal tip. Um, but it honestly was just super refreshing. She was personable, hilarious. She immediately started off like, I hope you haven't been waiting on me long. I was in the back wrestling a tea urn and like just honestly made our night super enjoyable. She was very nice to the kids, very patient with them as they each ordered their own meals, which I don't really like them doing because as a server, it used to annoy me when I'd have to listen to a small child try and stutter through ordering. But they're all at the age where they wanted to do that. So, you know, super patient with them. Anyway, it was just a fantastic experience. And I feel like the service industry doesn't get enough positive shout outs. A lot of the time, everyone just complains about the negatives. And I just wanted to shout her out and say, you know what? You're doing a great job. I told her I was going to call her out on my podcast. I got her permission. She said it was cool. But anyway, if you're in the Salisbury area, go to Texas and request Serenity. And Serenity, if you're listening, we think you're super cool. Yeah, we do. The coolest. Our next update, Angel Bumpus. We have an update on Angel Bumpus. Angel Bumpus had a new court date uh, for her appeal. So she had a new court date, and they said they were going to release an update on August 31st. It was a little late. It was actually September 1st. Um, but she has been granted a new trial by a Hamilton County criminal court judge. So whoop whoop, Angel Bumpus. That's great news for her. Uh, where's it at? Um, Green Holtz has vacated Bumpus's conviction and has set the case back on the trial docket. And a status hearing has been scheduled for October 7th. So that's a month. Yeah. So the state still has the opportunity to appeal this. So it's not... Um, all rainbows and sunshine from here, but this is a step in the right direction. So congratulations, Angel Angel Bumpus. I wish all of the best for her. Hopefully she gets a fair trial because I still stand by that I do not think that that was a fair conviction. No. And I think one of the detectives on her case or prosecutors or something got fired shortly after her conviction. So that was one of the main reasons for um, like tampering with witness testimony or something. Oh, Interesting. I might have made that part up. He definitely got fired for something, but (laughs) whatever. That was one of the main reasons for her conviction being overturned. All right. That's really all the updates we got this week. We have no new Patreon members. Uh, We do have some new episodes of the Patreon, though. We released a new fun little series called Cocktails at the Cave, where we made a fun little mixed drink, and then we told you a condensed case. Uh, We also had a special guest on that episode, our little baby, teeny tiny brother Sterling. If you guys are in our Patreon, let us know what you think of Sterling. Need to know if we need to boot him out or not. Right. Let us know if you liked Sterling or if you hated him. If you hated him, we'll never have him as a guest again. Never. Never. Um, Also, if you're not in our Patreon, now's the perfect time to head on over and join. Join it up. How do they do that, Ashley? Patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked. Yup, yup. We're now up to five Patreon members. And as I said last week, if you're not on our Patreon and you join, the first 10 Extraordinarily Wicked members get to pick their own case for us to cover. We already have five, so there's five spots open. And also, our other beautiful patrons haven't picked their cases yet. So if you haven't done so, head on over to Patreon, pick a case. All right? All right. All right. You ready to dive in? No. We have to beg for reviews. Oh. I hate begging. I know you do. I'll do the begging. If you haven't done so already, please head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and review. I really want a host button. And the only way to do that is for people to review our podcast. And it's a long, long road. But let's go ahead and get a jump on it. I was going to look and see how many ratings we have. I think we're up to like 19 ratings and eight reviews. Let's see. 
That's the only reason she annoyingly begs you every week is to get a host button. So if you just go ahead and do it, when we get host button, she'll leave you alone. Okay, yep, we have 19 ratings and 8 reviews. So we got our 8 reviews that you asked for, you know, a few weeks ago. You asked to double. We got that. I did. All right, now, now that all of that's over, let's jump into the case. Okay. Your face looked weird, so I thought what? maybe a kid was coming in, so I was waiting. No, I was pausing my mic so I could eat my Philly. <laughs> no. I never ate dinner. I'm hungry. How are you going to react? I need you to give your best performance because this case... I have about 10 minutes until you say anything interesting. I don't know about that. <laughs> I think the first interesting thing is on my second sentence. Okay, well, hurry okay. up then. Let's go. All righty. So this case takes place in a tiny little town in Maine called Webster Plantation. I love Maine. <laughs> I know you do. I picked it just for you. So before we start, fun fact that has really nothing to do with it is Maine is the only state to use plantations as a location. Do you know what a plantation is? I mean, I think I do, but am I wrong? What do you mean by use it as a location? Like, what does that mean? Like Webster Plantation is a location. Like the town of Mooresville. Webster Plantation. Is like a town or like yes. a, I don't know, I'm confused. I mean, because like we have plantations here. Well, yeah. not anymore because they got shut down, but we had like the lot of plantation. Right, no, no. So the plantation is like a territory. It's like Pumpkin Center. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So a plantation is not a town or a village, but a self-governing, unincorporated area next to a town. And Maine is the only state that still uses plantations. So I thought that was a fun little tidbit. So anyways, um, tiny town in Maine, Webster Plantation. Everyone feels safe there. It's a town where you really don't have to lock your doors because you know everyone. I know a lot of places say that. You have to lock your doors everywhere. Okay, I know, but there's only 85 people that live in the whole town. Okay, maybe you don't have to lock your doors there. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. Okay. 85 people and 27 households. So there's 27 houses. Yeah, okay, maybe you don't have to lock your door. And 85 people total. So You should probably still lock your doors, but I can see why you think you wouldn't need to. Right. The true crime lovers out there, you should definitely lock your doors. We know that, but when there's only 85 people and you know every single one of them, you probably feel like you don't have to. But as we know, you never know anybody. So it's a super friendly community. It was your typical small town America. They're really close-knit, and they're always lending helping hand to their neighbors. The town only had a one-room town hall and multiple single-family homes, and that was it. That was the whole town. Sounds like a murder town to me. <laughs> well, just wait. Um, the next closest town um, to them was Lee, Maine, which was about 15 miles. And that's where their grocery store was. There was a pizza place along with other small town shops. Were you going to say something? No. Okay. You looked like you were unpausing your mic. I was choking on my Philly. Okay. So Lee was larger, obviously, than Webster Plantation, but it was still a really small town. The population there was only about 900 people. And most people that lived in Webster Plantation would have to work outside, and it was about 30 to 75 miles to work. So the murderer came from Lee then? Why are you trying to ruin things? Because that's what I want to do, because you ruined my case on the Patreon that one time, and I have yet to ruin one of your cases. <laughs> okay, well, you're not going to. So anyways, um, another fun fact about Webster Plantation. It's not really a fun fact. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I could hear that. <laughs> another tidbit about Webster Plantation is the most prominent place there is um, a kind of large cemetery for their very, very small town. So kind of weird for such a small place to have a... I mean, it wasn't like large, but it was pretty big for them. How many people are we talking I couldn't find that exactly, but I mean, bigger than, like an average, I feel like. It said it was like an average size cemetery for a normal okay. town, but like their town was tiny. Okay. So the cemetery was full of headstones that all dated back to 1860s, 
which consisted mainly of children. In the 1860s, a plague overtook Webster Plantation and wiped out a large portion of their population, and most of the victims were kids. Well, that's sad. That is sad. But again, nothing to do with the case. It's just an interesting little tidbit. So now, back to Webster Plantation and the, the crime. So nothing ever bad happened there. Most of the residents couldn't tell you the last time anyone died there from foul play. That is, until the Millers were found dead in their home on November 28, 2009. Dun, dun, dun. I knew that was coming. <laughs> did you? Did you know it? I did. So Michael and Valerie Miller were both 47, and they were found dead in their kitchen floor by a neighbor who had come over to return a gas can and catch up with his friends around noon. Awkward. When they didn't answer their door. Yes, very awkward. Here's your gas can, and they're dead on the floor. Yeah. So the neighbor knocked on the door, rang the doorbell, whatever he did, and they didn't come to the door. And he thought that was really odd because both their cars were there. So he just knew something was wrong. He looked inside their windows, and he saw... Big Mike is what Mike Miller goes by. So Big Mike and Val were laying on the kitchen floor. He called the police and they arrived as soon as they could. But Webster Plantation was full of hard to get to gravel roads. So it took them a little while to get there. At first, the police thought the mysterious death was due to carbon monoxide poisoning. But that didn't really make sense since their dogs were alive and barking when the police arrived. The Millers were found practically laying on top of each other with gunshot wounds from a twenty-two caliber gun. So I thought that was also kind of weird, like, oh, they thought it was carbon monoxide. They had gunshot wounds. Yeah, that is weird. I mean, there would obviously be blood. Right. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, weirdos. Um, so they were practically laying on top of each other, which told the police that the two murders happened almost instantaneously. Big Mike's wallet was missing, and he was always known to have a lot of cash on him. So it was really plausible that this was just like a robbery gone wrong. I think with a name like Big Mike, you'd have to have a lot of cash on you all the time. <laughs> yeah. So Mike and Val were really loved for their community. So it just didn't really make sense to why anyone would do this to them. They met in high school and they got married during their senior year. In 1979, they moved to Webster Plantation to land left to Big Mike by his father, who had died from a heart attack four years earlier. Everyone described them as soulmates and the perfect couple. So many people said it was almost soothing that they died together because one would not be okay without the other. How old were they? Did you tell me that? 47, both of them. Okay. Okay. So Big Mike works in the, in a neighboring town in a mill, um, but this work was seasonal, so he had numerous odd jobs with farming and construction. He was a very hard worker and always worked multiple jobs to support his wife and his two sons while they were growing up. Val was known around Webster Plantation as mom. Everyone called her mom because she was like a mom to just everyone in the community. She was always there for everyone, took on a loving, helpful role in the community. Um, everyone just loved her, and she showed her love through her generosity. She was the first one to come to you when you needed something, and she was always helping everyone in every way she could. One thing that Val was really known for in her community was that she would often buy extra groceries and give it to those who couldn't afford it, especially homes with children. She just couldn't stand for people to be hungry. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. She seemed like a really sweet lady and like all of the like quotes and interviews and every like thing I found was just like people like talking about how great they were. Yeah, it's really sad whenever I mean, it's really sad when anyone dies, but it's really sad when it's like such good people. I think it's so cute that everyone calls her mom. Like I just thought that was adorable. Yeah. That is cute. Poor Val. I know. So Big Mike was also really generous. He was a local handyman and he would often just help people out in the goodness of his heart instead of like charging them for it. He also helped the community by running an illegal pawn shop out of his home. Well, that's not good. (laughs) 
No, but he did make small loans in return to holding onto their collateral. Helped him out in their rough times. Mm, okay, but a legal pawn shop, I don't know about that. Yeah. Probably not the best decision, Big Mike. No, it's probably why he got murdered. Probably. Well, you know why he got murdered, so. That I do. Okay, continue. So the things that, like, he would pawn were usually small items like power tools and generators. Pretty much everyone in town had used Big Mike's Pawn Shop at some point, and it was the go-to when anyone was in bad times and they needed cash fast. The morning of November 28th, the Millers had a lot of visitors. It was just a normal Saturday morning for them. They had many friends stop by to share morning coffee and gossip. Their nephew Clayton came over with his daughter to visit for a while, and um, one of their son's friends, Nate Nightingale, came over to visit. Nate was best friends with their oldest son, Mike. From now on, I'm going to call him Little Mike to differentiate between Little Mike and Big Mike. I think that's a good idea. It was Nate, wasn't it? (laughs) You're super annoying. (laughs) Throughout their childhood, Nate was always around. They were just Little Mike and Nate were inseparable. From what I read, he kind of reminds me of like Sean Hunter from Boy Meets World. I love Sean Hunter. I know. Me too. He was my first crush. (laughs) I know it was. (laughs) But from all, like, the interviews and research, like, they all, he just seems like a Sean Hunter. Like, he was always at their house. He was always around. That was a lie. He wasn't my first crush. My first crush was Leonardo DiCaprio. One time, Mom found a picture of him cutting a heart under my pillow in my room. (laughs) You're such a weirdo. (laughs) She didn't appreciate it. I'm sure she didn't. I was, like, How old were you? And you were disturbed that your nine-year-old daughter thought Thor was hot. I was disturbed that my nine-year-old thought a 40-year-old man was hot. Yes, I was. She said, ooh, is this one with hot Thor in it? And I said, actually, this is the one when Thor gets fat. And then as she watched it, she said, I don't care. He's still hot, even if he is fat. She has good taste. I mean, maybe, but yeah, it was disturbing. <laughs> maybe a little, but she's got good taste. So anyways, back to your boy, Sean Hunter. So um, Nate was always at their house. The Millers really thought of him as like a third son. So it really wasn't unusual that Nate would stop by to see the Millers without little Mike there. In the days following the deaths, neighbors and friends started coming forward who were at the house that day. The last person reportedly at the Millers was Nate. He was immediately questioned, but he says that he left around 10 a.m. and was home by 11 a.m. And there was nothing that seemed to make Nate a suspect. Through these interviews, the police found that Big Mike had another side business. He was also selling cigarettes illegally. He sold them um, under the table cheaper and without taxes. I don't know. This Big Mike's not sounding like the best guy. Okay, well, you know, he made some mistakes, but he was loved by his town. I mean, I can see why. He was also selling prescription narcotics. There was was a little bit of a drug problem in Webster Plantation. I'd say there was if Big Mike was selling narcotics to 85 residents. Yeah. So, um, there were rumors. It was not... 100% 100% accurate, but there were rumors that he was a dealer of prescription narcotics. During the questioning of their neighbors, Matt Miller's name kept coming up. Matt was the Miller's youngest son who was a heavy drug user. This was well known around Webster Plantation. He was known as a quiet troublemaker around town. Matt immediately fell under suspicion of everyone. Not only was he a known troublemaker and drug user, but they also all recall that Matt didn't shed any tears over his parents' death. Well, that's sketchy, so it's Matt. Got it. (laughs) Quit trying to guess. (laughs) Little Mike and all the rest of the family seem heartbroken, but Matt just seemed unfazed during the weeks to come. An anonymous source 
said that just one night before the murder of the Millers, Matt was looking for a gun. That doesn't sound sketchy at all. No. Particularly an unregistered twenty-two, or a twenty-two with a serial number filed off. Okay. Yeah. Which so is what Matt. they were killed with. Got it. Matt did it. Mine made up. <laughs> it was also reported that a white car had been seen around the Miller's house that day, and Matt drove a white car. Soon, Matt became their number one suspect in the investigation. I wonder why. I have no idea. However, Matt claims that he couldn't have killed his parents because he has an alibi. He was with his girlfriend the day of the murders. So the police go to the girlfriend. They question her. Their stories don't match. Soon after Matt fell under suspicion, a tip was called in from Nate. He said that he now remembers that when he was at the house that day, he saw someone else at the Miller's. But it wasn't someone he knew, which was really strange for the small town Webster Plantation. 85 people. They all know each other. So there just weren't very many outsiders looking around. Nate says he was there making a payment on an iPod that he had pawned with Big Mike. And when he was leaving about one hour before their murders, he claimed that there was a woman arriving. The police say that he gave a really detailed description to the, of this woman. He even sat down with a sketch artist so they could draw her and distribute to the media to locate her. He was really cooperative. What year was this? 2008. I think. Makes sense about the iPod. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Very iPods aren't even a thing anymore, are they? So I have a patient who exercises every day listening to his iPod shuffle. That's fantastic. <laughs> right? Okay, but they don't make them anymore, right? I don't think so. It says iPod shuffles were discontinued in 2017. So no. I feel like they should have been discontinued far before that, though. Oh, it was 2009. Sorry. My mistake. I said 2008. Okay. 2008, 2009. Potato, potato. You remember how proud I was of myself and I bought myself that iPod Touch? <laughs> and it got stolen a month later. Some jackass <laughs> stole it out of my car. I was so proud of that thing. And then you were so heartbroken. It was so sad. I was. I was so, I mean, like, I was like, man, I was in college, right? I think it was my first semester of college. Mm -hmm. So I was like 18. I bought it with my financial aid money. Mom and dad told me it was a poor choice of money spending. <laughs> like, no, I'm going to use it to study with. No, I said I needed it for school because at that time, first of all, Ashley, I'm making big baller moves, okay? At that point, I was going to school to be a broadcasting and production technologies major. And look at me now, broadcasting and producing a podcast. I used the degree, so suck it. The degree you didn't get. <laughs> okay, but I started it. I mean, I almost have it. Not really, but... Whatever. The degree that I was going for that you all told me was a waste of my time. Here I am. Here you are. You made With it. My 100, 137 followers on our podcast. Mama, I made it. I made it. Mama, Dad, you hear that? <laughs> I'm here. Started at the bottom. Now I'm at the top. That's not the lyrics. That's not the lyrics. <laughs> what are the lyrics? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I was, yeah, I was going we'll to use that. Here. No, we're not going to sing the whole song. I wasn't singing the whole song. I just sang one more lyric. Anyway, I um, was really proud of that iPod Touch. Some jackass stole it out of my car. I was going to use Along it for... Along with your license and your social security card. <laughs> Mom's GPS. <laughs> Which then led to a whole host of issues in your life. It sure did. Because then you were a problem of identity fraud. I was then, yes. My identity was then stolen. <laughs> it's really not funny. I'm it's sorry. It's not I'm funny. But I think the person... I, this isn't funny. But I do think that the person that did steal my identity, I do think she died. Oh, that is sad. Not really. She stole my fucking identity. I mean, yeah, but she was using your identity to go to the hospital. And it's not like she was using it to, like, rack up credit card debt. She couldn't get a credit card to save her life. My credit's trash. 
Okay, but I'm she just saying. She probably would have tried. But yes, every time I got an identity theft on my credit, it was a hospital bill. And I had to fight them and I had to prove to them that I was not a 70-something-year-old woman with heart problems. Okay, so she was just trying to get her heart taken care of. Okay. It's unfortunate that it was your identity she stole, but it is kind of sad. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know that she's dead. Maybe she finally got cured of her heart conditions. But all I know is I have not had a hit on my credit that was not me in quite, like, five years at least. Yeah, that's good. So, thankfully. All right. Anyway, sorry. Moving on. What about that? Okay. I just sent you a text message. I'm, tr- I'm trying to open it. Oh, that's a creepy okay. picture. So, that is the sketch that Nate described to the police. Is this a woman? That is a woman. He wanted to describe the sketch. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to start off by saying it looks like a man. <laughs> yes. Um, some little wispy bangs. Kind of looks like maybe she's balding. Chiseled, defined jaw, fat neck, beady eyes. That's about all I got. Glasses. Glasses. Some crow's feet on her eyes. Some wrinkles on her forehead. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways. So I find it weird that um, I think the sketch is a little bad. I think the sketch is fine. And they There's were like, wrong with the sketch. I mean, what's wrong with it? It's I don't know. It just doesn't really. It's poorly drawn. I mean, are you making fun of the sketch yeah. artist? <laughs> I don't know. They just said it was like a super detailed description. And like, it just doesn't look very detailed to me. I don't know. I'm not a sketch artist, so maybe I'm wrong. I mean, better than I could do. The shading's impeccable. That is true. There's a lot of shading. I don't know. All right. So anyways, they released this sketch. To a large region, all the way up to Canada. To choose the audio app for you. Which one do you want to use to listen to this? Shut up, Siri. We're recording a podcast, Siri. I'm sorry, that was so unprofessional. <laughs> I don't even know how she got on there. I wasn't even talking to her. I didn't even say anything. And she can't hear you. I don't know, that was weird. It's my Apple Watch. Okay. Sorry. So the sketch was released to a large region, all the way up to Canada. And they felt like with all the ground they covered, they would be able to identify this woman in no time. Let me guess. That wasn't the case. This was not the case. No, not the case. So the focus shifted off of Matt to this mysterious outsider that they couldn't identify. And tips started rolling in. People in town claimed that they'd spotted her. Other towns claimed that they knew the identity of her. It seemed like everyone knew who she was. But no one could find her. So with all these tips and these sightings... She just fell off the face of the earth. No one knew where she was. Did they know her name? Nope. Oh, okay. They knew who she was, but they didn't know her name. She just had, like, one of those faces that everybody knew. I can't say that that looks like a single person I know. No, I don't think so either. So hours and days and dozens of detectives following tips of a woman, every lead came up dry, and they couldn't seem to find her. With no new information, they questioned Matt again. What was he doing the day of his parents' murders? Again, he says he was with his girlfriend. But this time, his story was a little inconsistent with his last story. Because he's lying. Little detail changes. Yes. The police became even more suspicious of Matt. One week had passed and all of Webster Plantation is on edge. That is, until Matt is arrested. Matt denies any involvement in his parents' death. He can't account for his whereabouts on the day of the murders, though. He says that he was with his girlfriend. That's all he's got. After sitting in interrogation for hours, he finally breaks down and admits that he wasn't actually with his girlfriend. He was cheating on her. Shocking, I know. No. He was out looking for and buying drugs. Likely story. So that explains the sightings of Matt's car driving around. He was looking for drugs. The police found some video footage of his car driving through town. So this corroborates his story that he was driving around looking for drugs. Why didn't he just get drugs from his dad? I don't know. Oh, he also, he was shooting up drugs, he says. 
and his dad sold like prescription painkillers. So not the same, I guess. Okay. So Matt states that after he was driving around for hours, he found drugs and was shooting up narcotics a short distance away when he heard sirens heading in the direction of his parents' home around noon the day they died. You said Big Mike sold narcotics, so he just didn't sell any shooting up narcotics? I mean... No, he sold prescription pain killers. That was it. You definitely said he sold narcotics. No, I did not. I said he sold prescription drugs. I have to roll that tape back. I'm telling you, you said narcotics. Well... I would like to clarify, he sold prescription drugs. All right, we're going to roll back that tape at the end of this. I'm going to listen to you tell me it was narcotics. Well, I have in my notes that he sold prescription drugs. Okay. So anyways, Matt didn't want to admit to the police about his drug use. Even though it was well-known all around town, he didn't want to admit it, so he lied to the police. He did admit also looking for a gun the day before, but he says that he wasn't looking for a gun to kill his parents with, he was just looking for a cheap gun that he could use and then pawn to his dad and use the money for drugs. So he was going to sell a gun to his dad. He was going to buy a gun to buy drugs. So he had the money for the gun, but he didn't have money for the drugs, which makes absolutely no sense. Right? So, so Matt's in custody. They continue, continue their search for the mystery woman. Because they're focused on her again, they interview Nate. Nate sticks with his original story with all the same details. A few days later, they brought him in for questioning again. So Nate's just getting super frustrated with the police. They're questioning him constantly, and he has nothing else to tell him. He's getting mad. He's over it. He's told him all he can tell him. So the police ask him to take a polygraph. It was Nate. Gosh, stop. (laughs) (laughs) So the police ask him to take a polygraph. Nate agrees if it will get them to leave him alone. He's sick of the police. He's sick of their questions. He didn't do anything. So what's the worst that can happen? He can fail the polygraph test. We know. You don't take a polygraph. It's inadmissible in court. Inadmissible. And you can fail for a million reasons. So really no reason to. But anyways, if it'll stop their questioning, he'll do anything. He didn't have anything to do with the deaths. So why not? So on December 11th, two weeks after the murders, Nate sit down with the police to take the polygraph. They question him for hours. So after hours have passed, Nate decided that he now wanted a lawyer. So the questioning stopped. After he admitted he wanted a lawyer, the police let him go. He went home. The polygraph tech revealed that he had failed the polygraph and most of his responses were lies. After leaving the police station, Nate met up with his girlfriend and he confessed everything. His girlfriend turned him into the police. So it was that. Nate. It was Nate. You were correct the first time. You shouldn't have changed your guess. Nate was so convincing. He had me fooled. <laughs> he did. And also Matt made himself look really bad. Yeah, Matt made himself look like a full-on trash bag. Yeah. So the next day, police found Nate at his mom, And she told the police that he confessed everything to her as well. So at this point, he was just telling everybody what he did. <laughs> So he was arrested. They question him again. This time, Nate drops his innocent story, and he tells the police what really happened that day. He says that he went over to the Millers that day to pawn a gun for some cash. He brought a twenty-two revolver, and when he was showing the gun to Big Mike, he accidentally squeezed the trigger and shot him. Out of reaction, he's not sure why, but he also shot Val. I didn't hear that. I said, it's because the mic, like, shuts. If I get too high-pitched, it doesn't pick up my voice. <laughs> 
<laughs> I said, got too excited. I said, what? Yep. So he accidentally shoots Big Mike, and just out of instinct, he shoots Val too. Stupidest thing I've ever heard. But it's a revolver. So not highly versed in guns. But I'm pretty sure with a revolver, in order to shoot it, each time you got to pull the little thingy back, right? I don't know. Let's call them the experts. Dad? Yeah. <laughs> Ask Dad. I'm going to text him. I mean, I'm pretty sure, right? That's the thingy that you spin. I'm pretty sure you have to, like, pull that whatever that thingy is at the top. You pull it back each time you shoot it. So I don't feel like you could have just, like, shot someone on accident and then accidentally, out of instinct, shot someone else. Like You would have had to pull that little pin back and then shoot. So that would have taken a little bit of thought. I'm asking the ex- expert now. Okay. I said, I said, how quickly can you shoot two rounds of a revolver? Isn't a revolver that one with the little thingy that you click back with your thumb? He's going to text me back and be like, you're an idiot. Yeah, you're an idiot. Don't text me. Leave me alone, you buffoons. <laughs> Think he's sleeping? Mm, maybe. I doubt it. He was drinking at the bar an hour ago. Okay, it's a double action hammer, Ashley. So you can shoot it without pulling the hammer back. But <laughs> are you laughing at me? Because I sound so knowledgeable. Yes. It's a double action hammer. The way a revolver Ashley. works is it's a double action hammer. So if you were to pull the hammer back and shoot it, you can also shoot it without pulling the hammer back. It just makes it harder because there's more tension of the trigger. So, okay. so I mean, it's possible that he could have accidentally shot Big Mike and then immediately shot Val. Right. Okay. Out of instinct, so you know. All right, the expert says it can happen. We had to call in, phone a friend. Okay, love you, bye. Yes, okay, the expert dad said it's possible. Okay. Well, I'm not the expert, but I don't know. It doesn't seem very likely to me. So anyways, so in the recording from the interrogation, Nate says, I was showing them the gun, holding it. I had it cocked, and I pulled the trigger. I shot one off, and he fell. She turned and looked at him, and I shot her too. I don't know why I shot her. I just know it wasn't me. It was desperation. After shooting the Millers, he panicked and he took Big Mike's wallet to make it look like a robbery. He told the police exactly where he could find the wallet and the gun in his father's house, which they located right where he told them they were. And according to Little Mike, I don't know how accurate this is. He says that after they arrested Nate, the police, and finalized his confession, all the investigators on the case immediately went over to the jail and personally apologized to Matt for arresting him and thinking that he was involved in his own parents' murder. I doubt that happened. I doubt that happened as well. But if they did do that, way to go cops for admitting you were wrong. I mean, kudos to them, but I highly doubt they did. It's very unlikely that every single police officer went to the jail and apologized. That's what little Mike says, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't don't buy that. I'm not sure either. If they did, good job, but unlikely. So anyways, during Nate's trial, he pleaded not guilty, even though the prosecutors had a recorded confession of him saying he did it. He claims that the investigators coerced him into giving a confession with their multiple hour-long polygraph, so he just told them what they wanted to hear so they would leave him alone. After only five hours of deliberation, the jury found Nathaniel Nightingale not guilty for the murder of Michael Miller Sr. What? Did it catch my high-pitched voice that time? It did. They found him not guilty? Instead, they found him guilty of manslaughter. I got you there, didn't I? You did. I thought for sure. I was like, you gotta be shitting me. <laughs> no, no. They found him guilty of manslaughter of Big Mike and intentional murder of Valerie. This decision sent a shock through Webster Plantation, and the majority of the town didn't believe that Nate accidentally killed Big Mike. They all believed it was intentional. Especially Nate's best friend of many years, Little Mike. Little Mike said in a statement to the press, I hate the person for having caused all this pain and loss. 
Not only has he ruined our lives and our family's lives, he's also ruined his own. I do feel bad for him. I think that's kind of sweet of little Mike. Just shows like, you know, they really were like a sweet family. That even though they were a sweet family. And that mm-hmm. was his friend, right? It was his, his little best Mike's friend. friend. Yeah. Yeah. It was little Mike's best that's friend. Awful. And he killed his parents. That's awful. Mm-hmm. And even though he killed his parents, he still felt bad for him because his life was ruined. Right. That'd be like if Kegstan came and shot mom and dad. Yeah. That would I don't know that I would feel bad for her. It's <laughs> not <laughs> so funny. You know, that is really sad. Yeah, they are good people. So Nate was sentenced to 40 years. He's currently serving his sentence in a maximum <laughs> in a maximum security main state prison in Warren. And his earliest possible release date is December 4, 2044. Hmm. That's it for the murder in Webster Plantation. Well, that was an interesting case. I appreciate that. It was. I thought so. I found it on a, a little show I like to watch on um, the Roku channel. Yeah. It's called Murder Comes to Town, and the guy has the creepiest voice I've ever heard in my life. The narrator. Does he? He I does. Have to watch that. You said it's on the Roku channel? Yeah. I have to investigate the show, Murder Comes to Town. Yep, so this is the case that I watched at work. Oh, with your patient? Yeah. Did she like that? She find it interesting? She did. Well, that's good. The TVs weren't working, so we put on murder. So it's a bunch of, like, I guess small... I've only watched a few episodes. But um, it's a bunch of, like, small towns that murder murder comes to town. Nice. I like that. And the dude's voice super creepy. Super creepy. So give it a listen. Or give it a watch. Yep. I like that. All right. Well, that's all for the Millers, folks. That's all we got. We're done. I was going to slip on over to the Discord to take some questions, but we don't have any. (laughs) Who would be leaving us questions? I don't know. Do people even have access to the Discord? Nope. Okay, so again, who would be leaving us questions? I don't know. You? Are you going to ask us another question? No, I thought maybe a real fan would. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. See you next time. Well, I won't see you. We cover a whole new. Catch you next time. It's a podcast. They can't see us. (laughs) See you next week when we cover a whole new dose of Wicked. Bye. Okay, thanks. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard and want to support a small podcast, please give us money at www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of Wicked, where you can join one of our three tiers. At the $5 level, we've got the moderately Wicked. For $7 a month, we've got the awesomely Wicked. And for all of those high rollers, big ballers out there, we got the $10 level, the Extraordinarily Wicked. As a member of our Patreon, you are entitled to bonus episodes. Uh, You also get a one-time shout-out on our podcast, as well as some other cool little extra things going on there. So come on over. Join our fan club. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked or you can literally just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones for a direct feed of our podcast please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com great news you can now listen to us pretty much wherever you like to listen to podcasts that's right, folks. We are big time. You can now hear your weekly dose of Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Plus Alexa, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, 
Podcast Index, Overcast, Castro, Castbox, and Podfriend. The only place we can't seem to get ourselves on is Pandora. So we'll let you know when that happens. In the meantime, make sure to come back next Wednesday for your weekly, weekly dose, dose of, of wicked. wicked. But I'm. Um,